Welcome to Once Upon a Disney, an analytical yet fun-loving look at Disney narrative filmography from the 20th century and beyond. I'm Andy Redwine, and with me as always is my co-host, who doesn't know if he can stand the excitement, Larry Brenner. How are you, Larry? Before I answer that question about how I am, I'm going to pull out my book of memories, Andy. And I'm looking at our book of memories, and I'm seeing the time where we covered um, Winnie the Pooh. Uh-huh. And I'm seeing the time that we covered the Tigger movie. And I feel like oh, that these was memories, <laughs> I feel like these memories may lead us to what today's movie is. <gasps> well, today's movie is Piglet's Big Movie. It's the second movie from the early 2000s to focus on the Hundred Acre Woods supporting cast. The prophecy has come true. <laughs> My memories. My memories. Well, some key facts to get this whole party started. Uh, In 2003, uh, the movie business, Hollywood, was all about comfort. There's a record number of sequels, prequels, and extensions of franchise. Piglet's big movie comes out after 9-11 and during the Iraq War, which might explain why we see some of the themes and the comforting choice of these old friends, again, on the silver screen. Um, This movie is a big shift for Disney. So instead of being produced by Walt Disney Pictures, it's made by Walt Disney Television Animation, which Mm. they'd streamlined that part of the company to be quite profitable. And other films that are done like this, uh, that these folks, the television animation folks had tackled, were Return to Neverland and also Jungle Book 2. Ooh, we haven't done Jungle Book 2 yet. We have not. Now, Jungle Book 2 came out a month prior to Piglet's big movie. Not well received by critics, but it does a theatrical release, short-lived, and the DVD comes out right after. So much like, and the theatrical is very similar to Piglet. So Piglet's big movie. So Disney had really hoped to hit it out of the park, I think, with another potential Winnie the Pooh classic, largely based on the stories of A.A. Milne. And this one is, this movie borrows, as we talked about in pre-production, from A.A. Milne, maybe more so than any of the other films that we've seen. Yeah, since since The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, these stories, right. these are actual Pooh stories. It's, right. It's Tigger movie, entirely original. Right. But this this is going back to the well, for sure. Right. So Carly Simon wrote and performed much of the soundtrack, including seven original songs. Her son, Ben Taylor, also the son of James Taylor, uh, helped her sing the Sherman Brothers classic, Winnie the Pooh. And both Ben and her daughter, Sally, uh, accompany her on much of the soundtrack. So that's kind of a sweet thing. And I kind of wondered, was this a family favorite of theirs? Was this something that they got to do as adult children with their mom? That's kind of a. I don't kind of a think thing. if you're Carly Simon in in 2002 that you need the money so badly to do a Pooh movie if you don't love Pooh. Right. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't think your agent was like Carly. It's Pooh and nothing. I, I, right. just, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. And at the end, we see her, and she seems to joyfully be singing that song. I I have to imagine it was a passion project. Yeah. So there is a music video at the end of this movie, and we can talk about that and why that's oh, there please. in a little while. But um, there was a sneak peek of this film, including some of her music. It was offered in May of 2002 on the Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh DVD. We also saw a trailer when we saw Lilo and Stitch in the theaters. So 
Um, they were really pushing this movie. Um, John Moynihan of the Detroit Free Press, a uh, movie critic, stated, Piglet's big movie couldn't come at a better time. With young children being exposed even peripherally to violent images of war, the Pooh stories are a priceless, empowering anecdote. Ty Burr of the Boston Globe wrote, it's a bright, short, gentle compilation of A.A. Milne stories, shorn of their original eccentric charm, of course, dedicated to proving that Piglet and audience members of his size have plenty to offer a world that often overlooks them. I thought those okay. were two, two very good like synopsis of this movie. Uh, so $46 million budget. The movie does not do well at the American box office, but it does 62.9 million worldwide. And who even knows how much in DVDs and merchandising piglets, big movie releases in March, the DVDs available in July piglets, big game for PlayStation two GameCube game boy and CD ROM comes out the same year. And, of course, the Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh attraction replaces the Country Bear Jamboree in Disneyland the the month after it releases. Uh, So there's a whole synergistic marketing thing that happens. And, of course, you know, that makes makes sense because we're going to focus on Pooh. So that's what we're doing. I, I mean, Pooh Poo does extremely well in Disney World and Disneyland. Oh, yeah. Every kid, I mean, of the characters that kids want to see, the Pooh characters are top of the list, I think. Oh, right? Sure. Probably it's princesses mm-hmm. and then the Pooh characters. Maybe more than Mickey, people want to hug Pooh. Oh, my kids, absolutely. That was the truth. Can, can I tell you a quick little poo at Disney World story? Of course. It was you from, can. It's from this year. So I went to Epcot Center. And outside the butterfly pavilion, Winnie the Pooh was walking around with a butterfly net, like this huge oversized butterfly net. (laughs) And, you know, it was right by a restroom and and my family was using the restroom, but I was there and I'm watching Pooh bumble around (laughs) and like, and and I go, silly old bear, you'll never catch a butterfly that way. And he turned to me and he shrugged. And then somehow he ended up with the net on his own head. And I was just like, oh, Pooh Bear. I think these characters are beloved. I mean, they're in nurseries all over America and probably all over the world and beloved for many reasons. I have a deep love and affection for 90% of the Pooh characters. I love 90% of them so much. <laughs> and I know which one you hate. And we'll get there. We'll get <laughs> Okay, there. fair enough. We'll fair get enough. there, listeners. Um, this is an unconventional structure. Yes. Uh, I, I mean, I almost felt like... So we generally try to avoid what we call package films. Mm-hmm. And for people who aren't familiar with the term package film, it's something along the lines of... Fun and Fancy Free, um, where we've got a couple of, or The Reluctant Dragon, which is one we haven't done, where over the course of of a movie, there are several unrelated shorts uh, pushed together to make a movie length uh, thing. And it isn't always, there's not really much connective tissue there. This has connective tissue. Right. uh, So it isn't quite a package film. But I think you could easily watch this as like, 
here's one episode of a TV show. Here's another episode of a TV show. Here's a third. Um, because, because it's the Pooh characters do something and then they flash back and remember a story about Piglet. They move a little bit forward and then they flash back again. Um, but I, I'm, and normally I would say that that's not a movie. That's not how you do a movie. That's how you do a clip show of, of, uh, TV series. I mean, I think there's some benefits to this. I agree with you that it is a package film. I think the changing stories in a theater, might hold the attention of preschoolers better because they sense that something's changing because, oh, we're getting the scrapbook out again and then something's changing and then we're watching something different. It also, if you're a parent and you say, okay, we can watch 15 minutes, um, you can watch, you know, 12 to 15 minutes of a little story inside Piglet's big movie, stop it and watch it later. Um, and it, it also makes sense to me if the television department was putting it together, like a series of episodes. Oh, that's what right. I, that, that's what I was thinking that, when you brought yeah, up that fact. Yeah, that that they could put together and be like, "All right, you all work on these, and we'll put them all together and and see what we come up with." So, and and I think I think that's right. I I think it's probably also a challenge to try to. Cre- I mean, the original Winnie the Pooh movie is a series of shorts put together also. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think it's hard to take these characters who are not terribly deep and put together a full hour to an hour and a half story right. where they go through character arcs. And I think they had just tried that in the Tigger movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you and I may have disagreed with the level of success that they had there. But at least in the Tigger movie, you've got Tigger in the protagonist role and Tigger is dynamic. I love piglet right but piglet is not dynamic no. so i i i forgive this choice i would just say to our listeners who are interested in the craft of writing i would never write a movie this way no unless you were it was an intentional choice by the studio to this is how we're going to do it to save money i could see where somebody would look at this and go oh okay well let's make a movie the way we made fantasia or let's sure. make a movie the way we did and just sort of string these together and see what happens. So I feel like it was an intentional choice. I'm I not think it exact- was too. I'm not sure exactly why, but again, if you're writing a standard screenplay, I think it's important that you know that this is pretty unconventional. And to it be worked. clear, if they offered me money to write a movie this way, I would write a movie this way. I'm just saying, I'm just saying I would never pitch a movie this no, way. This wouldn't be no. my go-to structure. But it, it's fine for what it is. Right. Uh, right. Speaking of what it is, shall we get into what it is? Let's do it. Okay. So this movie begins um in an in a departure from the traditional Winnie the Pooh movies, I felt. Uh in in both the Tigger movie and the original uh Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. We began in the nursery looking at a bunch of dolls, uh, ultimately getting to a storybook uh, with the narrator bringing us in. And that doesn't happen here. Uh, Instead, we begin with Piglet, Uh, more or less. Piglet is, you know, sitting sitting in his home and then he sees that his friends, uh, Rabbit and Pooh and Tigger and Eeyore, are off to do something. Uh, something that seems to be a grand plan. He goes outside and he learns that their plan is to once again try to trick the bees out of their honey. 
It is a complicated plan. Piglet <laughs> wants to wants to help. He certainly, I think, of all of them, sees that there are some flaws in this plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wants to help, but they won't let him help. He's just too small. You can and help that's when you are bigger, right? It would help if you were bigger, and that's and that's where we begin Piglet's big movie. And Andy, uh, why do we start in this way? Well, I mean, one thing we establish uh, right away is that there's some irony here, right? There's Piglet's wisdom and pluck is sort of ignored in the scope of the friend's short-sighted big plan to you know, take the bees out of their hive and take all their honey, right? Um, interestingly, Piglet's use of a funnel actually does work. But the right. friends end up taking all of the credit for Piglet's work. It's kind of like a high school chemistry group assignment. Yes. Where one kid does all the work and everybody else takes all the credit. But I digress. Um, it establishes <laughs> that because Piglet doesn't feel needed, Piglet automatically does not see his worth. Piglet is just not appreciated by the friends. I think even right. more than the fact, because he actually is needed, but no one recognizes how much he's needed. They, right. They're all like, hooray, we did it. Uh, Piglet, maybe you can help next time. Meanwhile, Piglet's sitting there going like, what do you, what do you I saved the day. What do you mean? <laughs> he doesn't, he doesn't say this. It's he's all not acknowledged. In. Right. Right. Yeah, he doesn't stand up for himself in that way. And what I'll say is successful about this Manishtana is that my my son, who was watching with us, said, right from the start, Piglet has a problem. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, what's better than that for, for, for beginning a movie? You establish your character has a problem. We all know the Pooh characters, so this movie doesn't need to introduce them to us one at a time mm-hmm. the way the original movie did. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but right from the start, it's saying, why are we watching this movie? We're watching this movie because we want, and we're starting here because we're focusing on this is a problem for Piglet. And we and want a, him to see, val- we want him to be valued, right? Because we value Piglet. So I'm mad. I'm mad oh, yeah. Piglet. Yeah. Me too. Me too. And I think it's an interesting little choice that Piglet's first encounters are with, you know, the little squirrel and the bird and the little ladybug. Because they see his worth, right? And they're even smaller than he is. That is the funny thing about this movie. And I'm so glad mm-hmm. you brought it up. It's a little past the Manish Tana. Mm-hmm. But it's worth bringing up here. From Piglet's perspective, he has already found a way to solve his problem. He finds other people who appreciate him. There are other animals in the woods who are smaller than he is. He helps them with their problems, and all of them express gratitude. And I get the sense that this is what Piglet has always done when he's unappreciated from his friends. He's like, well, if my friends aren't going to appreciate me, I'll just go do some good for people who will. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, there there is possibly... <laughs> Uh, in a much darker version of this movie, um, uh, a message to be had about not having toxic friends and seeking validation elsewhere. Uh, of course, we love we love his toxic friends, so uh-huh. that's not gonna that's not gonna be the situation. But but if you're worried that your young audience member is going to be too upset with Piglet, 
you, you don't have to be that upset for very long. Piglet right. gets what he needs in that moment. He just gets it elsewhere. Right. I'm going to, I'm going to vary a little bit from our traditional structure because, okay. because this is a package movie and we go into, to various different short episodes. But the inciting incident of this movie is Piglet is missing mm-hmm. and Pooh and Tigger and Eeyore and Rabbit and eventually Rue decide to go looking for Piglet. Right. That's the inciting incident of this movie. But it's not the actual movie. Because in order to find Piglet, they go to Piglet's house and they find a book full of drawings that Piglet has made of their past adventures. And they do they do let us know that canonically this movie takes place after the Tigger movie because there are pictures that Piglet has drawn of the Tigger movie in that book. Mm-hmm. So on my whiteboard where I'm trying to place all of these films, I can I have a clue. I have a clue, right, Andy. Right. I'll get there someday. But um sorry, that's a throwback to our Tigger movie. There's a moment where I lost my mind trying to figure out when the Tigger movie is set. Go listen to that. Go listen oh to my that gosh. episode. Oh my gosh. Larry losing his mind is fantastic. My kids go back to that episode again and again to hear me like lose my mind in that moment. It's great. Anyways. <laughs> anyways. So um, so then we have, they go places, uh, they read stories, and those stories t- tell them the next place to go. Even though this is magical thinking, and there is no reason to believe that this book is actually going to lead them to Piglet at any given point. This is what they've decided is true, and that's what the Pooh characters are going to do. So they go, as always. Uh, despite the heavy objections of Rabbit and at least one viewer of this movie to Owl's house. Um, at Owl's house, Owl is as helpful as Owl ever is. But, you know, they open up the book and they remember the time that they first met Kanga and Rue. Mm-hmm. We get a little story in which Rabbit feels threatened by Kanga and Rue and comes up with a plan to replace Rue with Piglet to kind of scare Kanga and Rue out of the Hundred Acre Wood. Uh, the, the plan is a little is a little up in the air, as every Pooh character's plan always is. Um, we get to the end of that story. They go to see Kanga and Rue. Rue joins the search, and then they move on to the next story. Mm-hmm. And the next story... Um, is this the is this uh which which one is the second one? There, there's one about it doesn't even matter the order of them. One not, is not about, really, yeah. It really doesn't. It really doesn't. One story is about Eeyore, his house. Uh that Eeyore needs a house. Pooh and Piglet and Tigger decide to make a house for Eeyore. Uh, but ultimately it is Piglet who saves the day and builds the house. Right. And then they then we go back out of that story. We they continue to search for Piglet. And then we get to a third story. And that third story um is about I think actually this is the second story. Christopher Robin calls an expe- expedition to the, to North, the North Pole. Pole. That's right. Uh Rue falls into the river. Mm-hmm. Piglet is the one who quote unquote rescues Rue, but Pooh gets all the credit. Right. And then we stop having flashbacks. 
Uh, and they, they, Rabbit and Tigger have a fight. Uh, the book is torn up. All of this is rising action leading us to a climax. Mm-hmm. Andy, what is the climax of this movie? Well, there, before we get to the climax, there are a couple of uh, all hope is lost moments. Uh, one's okay. when the scrapbook is destroyed for good. And I think that's, the, I mean, it's the, we think it's gone. They're going to try to save it and then they can't save it. And every page keeps getting destroyed. Uh, when when Rue draws Piglet on the window fog and the mm-hmm. picture cries and they all yeah. have this moment where they're like, he was always brave. He was always thoughtful. He never thinks of himself. That kind of, of realization propels them to rejoin, regain their hope and to go find him again. Okay, um, so we could we could argue this is like a pit of despair. Yeah. Or a heffalump pit of despair, if right. you would. Um, <laughs> where our characters where our characters realize that, you know, they've never really appreciated Piglet the way that right. they should have. In terms of climax, though, I think it's, you know, we've got Pooh that's gone out to try to get the scrapbook. He's gonna go out onto this crazy limb that looks precariously balanced. Uh, the friends are going after him. And of course, they're just short and they need someone just the right size to help them with their their uh, animal chain, right? And Piglet proves he's exactly the right size. And then we think that Pooh and Piglet have gone crashing into the waterfall. And the yeah. loss of them is just... It's awful, but then so, they didn't, right? <laughs> okay, I'm going to throw out the climax of all of this movie is bananas for what, the, like, they know they need to have a climax. Right. But but this is not how you do a climax in Winnie the Pooh. Right. They see a, the scrapbook on a, precariously on a ledge over a waterfall. There are right. no... There are no waterfalls in the Hundred Acre Wood. I, I cannot express to you how that is not the geography there. Oh, that's but And Pooh decides to risk his life to get, risk his life. Like Rabbit is like, Rabbit like loses his mind. He's like, what is Pooh doing? And in the audience, um, the 47 year old watching this says, I'm with you, Rabbit. Someone needs to stop this. Right. It's not worth it. The risk that he's taking. And and then at the end, they actually make a I mean, you have to be really, really, really young and even then very naive for two by two year old standards. You have to be gullible. Mm-hmm. Other two year olds have to look at you and go like you're not street smart. Um, to believe for a second that this movie ends in the death of Piglet and Pooh. But Rabbit and Tigger and Eeyore and Rue don't know that Pooh and Piglet are alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I, I, I don't even really believe that the Pooh characters should have a sense of mortality. They're dolls. I mean, I, I struggled with that a little bit too. And I... But I also I, I also think that this movie is a product of its time in that sure. if you see something that's really awful that's happening, you can worry, but don't worry too much, right? I mean, that's sort of a theme in this movie. Listen, 
There's always a there's always a silver lining. If Mickey, Donald, and Goofy go on an adventure, and they're on a mountain, and sometimes they go on a mountain, sure. and Goofy has the map, and he walks off the cliff and falls, and goes, yahoo-hoo-hoo-wee, falls right. down that <laughs> giant pit. I don't expect Mickey and Donald to look at each other and start crying, Goofy's dead, Goofy's dead. <laughs> Goofy falls. That's what he does. Right. Who and Piglet don't die. Right. They just don't, they won't. It's not something to worry about. It's not, it's not, it's not right for these movies mm-hmm. for that to be the climax. But it is the climax of this movie. Right. Um and, and it's a little bit, it's a little bit of a letdown, too, because. I mean, we think everything's going okay, that they're a human, that they work together and save the day. And then there's this new problem, right? Yes. I kind of want the save the day to be Piglet because the problem is Piglet isn't appreciated, right? And so if Piglet is appreciated, then we don't need to kill him. (laughs) Well, we're going to come back to this point because I have things to say. But what I'll say right now is this movie has the wrong climax. And I know what the right climax is, and it's not this. Okay. But then we get some falling action. Not <laughs> not Pooh and Piglet falling to their death, but some falling action in which Piglet comes back to his house and sees all these beautiful drawings his friends have made in appreciation of him. And Pooh takes Piglet to Pooh Corner and renames it Pooh and Piglet Corner mm-hmm. as a permanent monument to his his love and deep affection for Piglet. And I mean, I think it's really beautiful to think about people creating a scrapbook of new memories where you're included. Yeah. So reframing those memories is important work. I mean, in this movie, themes are more important than the linear story. I I think that's true. And I I'm just. I'm I'm coming up with this as I'm talking. So, um, I mean, you know, the, the stories that we tell ourselves about our realities are often the most important to the outcomes of our individual mission, right? And creating new experiences and remembering the past are all equally important things. And I think that appreciation is really mind that lack of that that realization as a young person who's identifying with Pooh, Piglet, Rabbit, right? They're realizing that, oh, everyone needs to be included. Like everybody counts or nobody counts, right? And so the fact that the and and then the loss that they feel that we took Piglet's prized possession and and we were trying to help him, but we actually hurt him. And now we've heard his stuff. And so they yeah. have this incredible amount of repair work to do. And I think in that way, this movie works very well for preschoolers without being too didactic. I mean, I think we see it without them saying, well, we need to do the repair work. You know, we, we see them and the kids go, oh, so that's what you do when this happens, right? I mean, so the question is, can they earn their apology? And I think they earn their apology. Yeah. Um, I, I, think, I think that's right. I think that's right. And I think the stakes are really like to pretend that this movie is about life and death stakes, where it's really about friendship stakes, mm-hmm. the state state of a relationship is is really where the heart of this movie is. And yeah. I don't I don't understand this last bit where we're having a push for action in a poo movie. 
nobody came for the action. Right. No one did. I mean, no it's sort of a setup, you know, when, when Rue goes into the river, it's sort of a setup for then Piglet and Pooh going into the river. But but they do that scene just right. They do yeah. that scene just right because while Rabbit is losing his mind that Rue has fallen into the river, Rue's swimming and he's like, he's like, he's fine. I'm having a great time in here. Rabbit is ask, acting like Rue is drowning. Eeyore is like concerned. Pooh and Piglet are rushing around like, like, like. Everything, all hope is lost. And you see, like, Rue is lazily doing a back a backstroke. And and for Rue, so that's fun because the climax of that scene is in the head. The stakes are in the heads of characters we know to have an unreliable right. view of the situation. Mm-hmm. And it's entirely comedy. comedy. My favorite part is when Rue goes, you can rescue me now because I'm getting a little tired. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to rescue me now, that's okay. That's okay. So protagonist problems in this movie, or are there multiple protagonists woven together? There are major protagonist problems in this movie. I'm going to say major. All right. Whose movie is this? It should be Piglet's. Mm -hmm. It's not Piglet's movie. It is this. Who's going on the journey? Mm -hmm. The journey is Pooh, Tigger, Eeyore, and Rabbit looking for Piglet. But we're not with Piglet in the framing device, which is the only which is the only part of this plot that really matters. In the framing device, we're not with Piglet. Piglet's not in the present mm-hmm. uh, until the very end of the movie. He comes back. They do a lot of remembering Piglet, but it's their memories of Piglet's story. You know, it's this is their journey. Piglet doesn't grow and change over the course of this movie. They do. Right, because he's been a savior and a superhero the whole time. Yes, Piglet is fine the way that he is. The only thing that shifts is their awareness of... Of how much they need him and love him and appreciate him. Yeah, and what he does for them, right? And how he does save the day on, on a regular basis. So from a protagonist point of view, the four of them collectively are the protagonist Mm -hmm. and the four of them are on the exact same journey and they have the exact same emotional beats. It would be better if it was Pooh looking for Piglet by himself and stopping by friend after friend after friend. I think it would be a cleaner protagonist Mm -hmm. arc where Pooh is, you know, maybe coming. It's one of their flaws, but it's collectively a flaw of the four of them. But I mean, my biggest concern is in, in something called Piglet's big movie. I want, I want Piglet to be the protagonist. And in a way, his absence is the antagonist. It's not yes. Piglet that's the antagonist. It is the absence of a Piglet that they're fighting against. Well, let's talk about characters for a little bit, because my first note on Piglet, uh, who is voiced by John Fiedler, uh, is I want more Piglet. Yes, And it it feels like in kind of a sneaky way that that's part of this movie's plan to create a want and me to see more Piglet. And I go keep going back to that scene where Rue draws him, you know, from the steam on the window. Right. Uh, And there's I mean, Piglet can do things like walk on stilts and jump fences with them. He can build a house. He can uh, help Rue 
you know, avoid a bath. Like he can do all. How are they all blind to this? Right. He is a superhero. And the, the, and I, and I want more of it. And he always has been, and he's had his own struggle in the first movie. Mm -hmm. um, You know, Piglet is the one who gives his house up to Eeyore. Uh, That's heroic. Piglet struggling against the blustery wind, Piglet struggling against the water, which are bigger struggles for him than for other people. Getting the balloon to the birthday party. I mean, all of it, right? Piglet is is always empathic towards the other characters when they're down. He Mm -hmm. wants to cheer them up. Um, I mean, Piglet, Piglet is sweet and he has all, all of the ingredients to be a protagonist. Mm-hmm. The reason he's not the protagonist of this story is because then the climax of the story has to be something real for, for Piglet to overcome. Mm-hmm. And the way this story is set up, the climax needs to be Piglet stands up to his toxic friends. That, yeah, that, yeah, that, the, that his flaw in this movie is that he doesn't stand up for himself and he lets his friends forget him and not, and and he doesn't voice when he's unhappy. He just takes it in stride. And I don't need Piglet to like, you know, get up and, and like filibuster in front of the courts or, or, or give a big speech, but it could just, it could just be Piglet saying to the other friends, you know, when you forget about me, you hurt my feelings. And, and, how devastating would it be to get that from Piglet? Mm-hmm. That that little bit of standing up and asserting for yourself, which is, I think, you know, what Piglet is called to do in this movie. I don't, I think so. I don't I think want him suffering I, in silence. Yeah, I, I agree. I would love to see just a moment where he is. He doesn't just do, but he says something big. Yeah. A little thing, but a big thing, right? Because 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 here's the thing. So let's talk about Winnie the Pooh for a little bit. I don't like Winnie the Pooh in this movie. And maybe that he comes off as mean. He solves problems that don't exist. It's weird. And because we don't yes, and because we don't have a because we don't have a narrator helping us get into Pooh's head, he comes off as just sort of with no empathy. I will never say this about any non-Poo movie, <laughs> but the Pooh narrator uh-huh. is an important part to the to the extended Pooniverse. Yeah, um, we need him. He loves the characters so much that that he creates this space where if they're having flaws, um, he could have a little conversation with Piglet, and he could go, "What's wrong, Piglet?" And Piglet would be like, "Nobody ever notices what I do." And the narrator, right. the narrator can say, "Well, Piglet, why don't you do something about that?" Right. You exactly. Know- it would give him an outlet to talk to the audience to break that fourth wall and explain what's going on. And again, I know why they don't do it. I know they're worried about coming off as didactic. I know they're worried, like, I know why they don't, but I really miss the narrator and it's, it's on brand. It's, it's an expectation. So it's an expectation that we've had since the first movie. Right. I so love those little of, jokes where yeah. the narrator's like, you know what, Tigger, if, if you want to get down from the tree, I'll shift the book and you can slide down the exactly. tree. Exactly. I don't, I, I love that little stuff. I love them jumping out of the books and rearranging the letters and, and all of that stuff. I, but yeah. Pooh is redeemed, right? By his proclamation of Pooh and Piglet Corner, like you said, 
but he's also redeemed by the last line of this movie, which is thank you, Piglet. Yeah. Which is, I mean, which actually puts a lump in my throat. Oh, for sure. I, I think the problem with Pooh is this is a new flaw for Pooh that he's not appreciating Piglet. Pooh has never come off as someone who didn't appreciate Piglet before. Exactly. And so to see him and and so you have to you have to kind of create a narrative space in your head for that that and look, sometimes that's a thing that happens. Sometimes even if you've been a champion for someone for a very long time, you know, you in a moment of you thoughtlessness, get side, you get sidetracked, right? You get sidetracked. My honey. Um <laughs> He's know, a honey uh, thief. Oh my gosh. Right, right. He's he's too busy g- building up his criminal enterprise. He's <laughs> he's putting together a hundred acre uh, like mob here. Right, you know. Right. He's like he's got Rabbit as the distraction and Tigger as the getaway driver. Let's talk okay. about Rabbit for a minute. Um, uh, Ken Sansom. What do we think about Rabbit in this movie? I'm, I mean, Rabbit is always my favorite character, <laughs> and. While he's he, look, they did. They, I, I am glad that Rabbit gets to go on the adventure with them. Uh-huh. But I'm also glad that Rabbit is kind of a kid in this movie. In the same, you know, Rabbit often is is put in the role of uh, put upon adult. Uh huh. Um, with with the other characters here, but it, but in this one, you know, Rabbit is like just as silly as the rest of them. He pulls out his violin and he starts playing outside the, and it's terrible. He doesn't know how to play the violin. Right. But he thinks he does. And he thinks he's great. And because he thinks he's great, the other characters think Think he's he's great. great. Right. Right. Because he told them he was. Right. Exactly. I love that he's included in the silliness in this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, One, it's a small thing. It's a small thing, but because, like rabbit has some genuine moments with Rue in this movie. Mm. Um, there's like one part where Rue's getting tired and rabbits, the one who it's always Rue and Tigger together in, in these movies. Yeah. But I, I think it's a, a missed opportunity to, to you have all these characters, put them together a little bit. Let's, let's see a Rue and rabbit adventure. I, I kind of, I kind of like those little Rue and rabbit moments in this movie. All right, Rabbit's big movie. That's what we need next. All right, Tigger, Jim Cummings. I mean, there's this great line when after the fight between Tigger and Rabbit, and Tigger says, I only wanted to find Piglet. And Rabbit says, we all did. I'm going to also tell you, Tigger's (laughs) not wrong in that fight with Rabbit. And that's hard (laughs) for me. Rabbit is like, we're going to go page by page through this book. And Tigger says, listen, if we're looking for Piglet, Shouldn't we go to the last page and that's where it'll be? And I mean, they're both wrong. This book is not leading them to Piglet, not, right. in, the, not in the sense that they mean. Right. But if by the logic with which they're operating, Tigger is correct. That's what you should do. I, I want to throw something out about Tigger's animation. Sure. Did you notice his stripes were different in this? I loved them. Yeah, I did too. In fact, one of the kids who was kind of walking by said, did they animate this differently? Because it feels different. I, they make the stripes look like Christopher Robin has drawn stripes on him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I love that. I like it a little better. And I even like, I, I, I love all of this. I mean, it also gives kind of a credence to the Piglet scrapbook. Like, Christopher Robin is clearly the one doing the scrapbook, right? Sure. Uh, and, and so that's kind of a sweet. Uh, that animation is. Crayon. Su- he doesn't even have fingers. It's super sweet. It's just yeah. super sweet. Yeah. 
I mean, of course, the callback to the Tigger movie and Piglet scrapbook is really kind of, as you mentioned earlier, is really kind of kind of touching. I like this Tigger because Tigger's not taking over the movie. He's he's fulfilling the role that a Tigger fulfills in these movies. Mm-hmm. He provides energy. He provides comic relief. But he's not making he's not making this movie all about him mm-hmm. in the ways in which he did, obviously, in the Tigger movie, but also in Winnie the Pooh. In, in the original movie, Tigger took over that movie for a large chunk of it. And here he's doing good, good ensemble work. I mm-hmm. liked him. Yeah, I did, too. What about Owl? All of the characters are concerned. Piglet is missing. Mm-hmm. And Owl is like, let me tell you about my great uncle Aloysius. It's like Owl. Either Read you the accept room, buddy. <laughs> and they all just sit, they all just sit there and let him blather on. But if Piglet is if if People come to you really concerned that Piglet is missing. Mm-hmm. How dare you? You know who could really find Piglet really quickly? Someone who could fly. You know, if there's a book on the side of a tree overhanging a waterfall, you know who there's no risk to? The guy who can fly. Mm-hmm. And, and throughout this journey, you know, other people share the concern. Rue decides to go along with them. Uh, on this journey but but uh but owl's like yeah you guys got this piglet's in trouble let me know how that works out wow oh is there a party at the end of the movie well i'm coming to the hero's party because i was part of this wasn't i i hate him i hate him He's, mm. he, he does none of the work and he takes all of well, the credit and he could easily fly over the hundred acre wood and do a do a spot check for piglet i mean i feel like he just doesn't help. He is a narcissist. (laughs) He cares for nothing but owl. Yeah, he kind of is, isn't he? (laughs) They must be building up to a major movie where that, where, where they realize his villainy. I'm, I'm convinced. (laughs) What about Kanga and Rue? I'll put them together. Um, I love the bit where she pretends that piglet is rue it is hilarious and it even is, gets to the point where she gets the washboard out and starts scrubbing him that is amazing it's an amazing little bit in in fact that's the only real kanga story in the world of Pooh book um this is an actual story it, kanga's a little spicier in the mm-hmm. book where, where like she knows what's going on and she's saying things to piglet, like going, Oh, stop making that ugly face dear. You look just like that horrible piglet. Um, <laughs> but, but we have been saying for a couple uh, of movies, isn't it? We want Kanga to be able to do something. Right. And she gets to do something she in gets this to story. Do stuff. Yeah. Very Tigger important. is totes in love with her. Totes in love. I, with Kanga. She called us dears. We see the origin of that. We yep, see the origin yep. of that. He he is so in love with her. When, mm-hmm. when, that's another thing for the, for the ultimate Pooh movie is the wedding of Tigger and Kanga. Owl had better not officiate. I know they're going to ask him to. That's going to be a Christopher long Robin. ceremony. Christopher Robin should officiate that one, I, I think. I would much, I would much prefer. All right, e- Eeyore in this movie, Peter Cullen. Uh, voiced by Peter Cullen. Uh, 
I think Eeyore's funniest moment is when he sticks his tail over the side to to get Rue, and they all just forget about him. And he's like, he's like, eh, like you see him hours okay, later. Yeah. He's like, Rue, you're gonna grab on yet? Uh, I, I... <laughs> it's so great. He's just sort of. I think Eeyore and Tigger play similar functions in this movie in that they bring a different energy. Mm-hmm. They remind us that. Um, there's always hope, even when it's lost. Like they both fail, but they fail in ways that are funny. So they break tension. Yes. And keep part things of, from getting too serious. Part of me thinks, though, Eeyore of all of these characters is the least likely to neglect Piglet. Mm. Um, you're like, Agreed. who might be thoughtless? Yeah. Um, but Eeyore is also someone who the other characters often forget about and don't take care of. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I kind of like the idea of Eeyore and Piglet having not that they're best friends, mm-hmm. but that there's like like maybe Eeyore is the one Piglet could talk to about about being small. And Eeyore would get it. Mm-hmm. More than Rue would get it. Rue's gonna get bigger. Piglet's not, right? Yeah, yeah. Um Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, Chris, I love Eeyore, though. I, I do, do love too. Eeyore. Very much so. Um, big, big fan. Uh, Christopher Robin, uh, I think his only work, well, he's at the party. And then and he's he, in the expedition and he ex- to the North leads Pole. the expedition. And I think when Piglet is in the shoe or in the boot, it's particularly sweet. Yeah. Um, so it's a nice little, nice little bit there. I always, I always feel like they never know what to do with Christopher Robin. He's an important part of the Winnie the Pooh stories because mm-hmm. they're all his stories ultimately. Right. Um, but like, like having him there reminds you so much that they're his toys. And mm-hmm. when he's not there, you can forget. It's, it's a, it's a weird, it's a weird thing. I always, in my head, Christopher Robin is always connected to Andy in a toy story. Yeah. Too. That's, that's an interesting um, analogy. And I think he's, he's not quite simil- in the world. Yeah. They're in it, but not of it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So he's cut sort of unnecessary, but sort of not. One thing they could do in a piglet's big movie uh-huh. um, in, in the, in the world of Pooh, I'm remembering uh, Pooh is by and large, Christopher Robin's favorite, uh-huh. but piglet has advantages, which is if you want to go to school and you want to bring a stuffed animal, but you don't want anybody to see you can sneak piglet in your pocket mm. and like, like there's this, there's this interesting appreciation he has for piglet, which is piglet's gotten a little bit of an education because he goes to school with Christopher. Right, 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 right. That could be. And that wouldn't that have been great bit. if that's where he was that day when they were all looking for piglet, where was piglet? Was piglet was having time with Christopher Robin today. Yeah. He went to school. I don't yeah. know. I would have liked that. Yeah. Music. Is there anything particularly sticky? No, Some, no, you don't think so. I like Carly Simon. I think these songs are fine songs. Uh-huh. I don't think they are Winnie the Pooh songs. They're songs about Winnie the Pooh characters. Okay. Um, here the stickiest Winnie the Pooh songs for me are the wonderful thing about Tiggers mm-hmm. and Heffalumps and Woozles, and I'm a bad, you know, I'm just yeah. a little grace. The the songs Black sung by the yeah. characters. Yeah, I agree. don't need. I don't need Car- Carly. Si- I, if Carly Simon wants to do an album about Winnie the Pooh, 
I'm fine. I'll listen to it. I'll sure. listen to it. But this music doesn't feel like Winnie the Pooh music to me. I mean, the more, like Harley Simon. the more it snows was sung by um, Pooh and Piglet, which is pretty cool. Um, That's but, from the book. Yes. Agree. Tiddly palm. Uh, Sing Ho for the Life of a Bear is from sung the book. by, but it's sung by Carly Simon, also from the book. I think with a few good friends could have been sung by the characters. I mean, yes. I, I, I don't, I don't, I think it was a, a move that they were making in the 2000s to make, mm-hmm. to sort of give a nostalgia feel to some of these. But again, they did that in Peter Pan Return to Neverland. They yes. had, do you believe in magic? Right, right. right. And so, I want, yeah, I just, I, it's not, mm, I want things that are, are centered in the universe. I think I do like, I, want, a few, yeah. I, I do like with a few good friends. I think, it's I, I think that song. song is fine. I, there's nothing. It's not about the song. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just the song doesn't exist in universe. And I want more music that feels like it's not reminding me of the real world. Right. And I kind of wonder about the skill level of the people singing and I wonder if that played a part in using Carly. It might be an overcorrection too. from the four Tigger yeah. songs that we got in the Tigger movie. <laughs> but but I, I maintain the correct number of Tigger songs is one Tigger song. Right. Give me one Piglet song. Give me a Winnie the Pooh mm-hmm. song. Have the characters sing. Give me a group ensemble number. And it's fine. It's just... And I think it, it, again, I think it's really touching. And I think I I get it. And it doesn't I get the decision made in 2003, but when you're watching something and you want it to be evergreen for 2023 timeless. and timeless, it's gonna be a problem. And and the music video at the end, where she's on the swing in the hundred acre wood and we're doing like the end credits there, mm-hmm. that also like made me like, who is this for? It, what, like, it doesn't like, feel like it's for children, little children. Right. Although there were in the early 2000s and the 1990s, there are lots of television shows and experiences for children where somebody with a guitar is singing to them. So, and that somebody this time is Carly Simon. So it sort of serves as a bit of comfort to the adults who are also in a scary world and calling them seeing, back to the hundred acre wood the theater when this happens. I mean, probably not, uh, but, that's, that, the, but the movie's not over, but we're leaving. That's, that's, but it's that's, almost, I think they saw it as a bit of, of, I mean, we're also jaded now again, this is 20 years ago. It was almost a bit of um, almost ministry because again, 9-11 was just this huge sucker punch. I'm, the whole I'm world sure. changes and it's like everybody feels meaningless and in some ways are feeling like Piglet. So I think there were lots, again, lots of decisions made for those reasons that were really had a big heart tug then that maybe don't translate 20 years later. I, I think that's I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Yeah. So, but again, if you're going to make something timeless, you got to think about what makes something timeless. Um, right. And, 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 and it's just not a time. It's not a timeless feeling. Right. Right. Okay. Game time with Larry. I've been looking forward to this all morning. 
Well, when she says all morning, she means for the last 45 minutes when she texted me and says, can we play a game today? And I came up with one. But, but. Well, so, I, I knew that. All morning's I, doing I, a lot of heavy I lifting. know that if I said, Larry, can we play a game? Because we have pitched Winnie the Pooh to death. Then, you know, you would. And that is why no so. one will ever hear my pitch of Piglet Godzilla style. <laughs> In what would tearing apart the hundred acre woods in what would truly be Piglet's big adventure. Yeah, or or me talking about Owl in a sort of diehard situation. But anyway, please anyway, go okay. please go on. <laughs> All right. So in this game, I'm gonna be in character, Andy, and you're gonna be in character. Oh. Uh, okay. you are the casting director for yes. Piglet's Big Adventure. Okay. Uh, and in this, and in this, I am your assistant who's come in with some very bad news. Oh. Uh, and, and we'll do it this way. Oh, dear. And like, so, so Andy, we're all ready to start recording for all right. Big Adventure. All right. Uh, Let's we're see our we're very excited. Audition. I have some bad news for you. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, Jim Cummings has escaped the green room that we keep him sealed in. Uh, he broke out. We he said something about let's get dangerous. There was a cloud of smoke. He disappeared. Um, we hope to recapture him soon, but uh, Andy, we're not going to be able to use the Pooh characters today um, oh, for, for the Pooh movie. Uh, I did, I did went and I got us some options for you to use for this scene. Okay, uh, maybe we'll be able to fix it in post. But uh, you, we've got three characters who need to be recast. Okay, we'll give you some options, and, and you can let us know. Okay. Fair enough. All right. So obviously, you know, Jim Cummings does voice Winnie the Pooh. Uh Um, So we need to replace that bear. Uh, I've got three bears from Disney uh, on standby. Just let me know which one you'd want to use. Okay. Uh, So uh, Blue is not happy with how Jungle Book 2 worked out for his career. He's really hoping to turn it around. Um, So we have have Baloo Uh coming in for this one. Uh, Tummy Gummy hasn't worked. In quite some time, uh, gummy bears end it, and and he he, he wants yeah. to point out like yes, his he's a blue furred bear, but otherwise he's essentially the same character. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And lastly, uh, he came in a little angry. He came in a little hot. Um, Big Al from the from the Country Bears Jamboree is upset that uh, he has lost his home in in Disney in Disneyland. It's been Uh-oh. replaced by Winnie the Pooh, and so he wants revenge. Okay. Uh, so so he's here. Who took mm-hmm. his home? He's going to take Pooh's. Uh, so those are your options for Pooh. We can bring in Baloo, Tommy Gummy, or Big Al from the Country Bear Jamboree. Well, I think just we're going to go with name recognition probably and go with Baloo, even though it's pretty close to, I mean, but maybe maybe this will create some synergy and get people into the theaters for Jungle Book too. I mean, I mean that certainly movie he's too. got the most star power. Yeah, three of Winnie the Baloo. Um, yeah. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Done. All right. Uh, obviously, we also need to re- replace Tigger. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And I really had a hard time finding tiger characters, so I did what I could. Uh, uh-huh. I contacted Agrabah, and we can get Raja. Uh, okay. Or the Cave of Wonders. We can get one, the other, both. If if you feel like maybe Raja with the Cave of Wonders voice as a as a package, but <laughs> but both of them are ready to work. Uh-huh. Uh huh. From the Jungle Book, Sher Khan. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, look, he knows you cast Baloo, so uh-huh. they've worked together before. Mm-hmm. Um, they've they they're scene partners. They they uh, they're in the same they're in the same troupe. 
uh-huh. uh, guess. Uh, and our third option is um, Stitch in a Tiger costume. Oh, we're going with Stitch in a Tiger costume. Okay. 100%. We need to think about that one. He has the energy. He has the right energy for this. The other two are a little, little, a little more subdued and Shere Khan's just kind of, he's our villain. Yeah. It's not easy to work with Stitch. No. no. But but you're fine with it. I'm fine with it. Tigger's also difficult. So it's, it's six of one, half dozen of the other. (laughs) All right. So this one has nothing to do with Jim Cummings. Um, but, and you, you may be very upset with me. I fired Owl. Um, (laughs) Gave him a pink slip. Well, he he doesn't know it yet. He still t- thinks he's ta- telling me about his uh, great great aunt uh, Gladys. Uh, but eventually, I'm assuming he'll come to and he'll realize that that he's not in the movie anymore. Uh-huh, but I uh-huh. have three really good uh, bird options for you. Okay. Um, okay. From the Lion King, we have Zazu. Mm, uh, mm. Zazu uh, could come in. Get you're looking for advice. Um, Zazu, Zazu could be that character. And I think he'd do a better job than Owl. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my second option uh, comes from Aladdin, Iago. Uh, let's just accept that Owl, you know, is the villain of these movies. Um, let's make it clear to the audience he's the bad guy. Uh-huh. And so I, I, we'll, we'll bring in Iago for this one. Uh, trying, to, trying to take over 100 Acre Woods, get the kids in trouble. Mm-hmm. Uh, no. Yeah, fair enough. Um, Third option, a little obscure, but I think he's a good match. Professor Ludwig von Drake. Oh. Uh, You know, uh, from the DuckTales universe, but not Uh really DuckTales, but from the Duck universe. Uh, Professor Ludwig von Drake, he's smart. He's actually actually the thing that Owl pretends to be. He has wisdom. He's Mm -hmm. smart. He's Mm -hmm. an inventor. Uh, You know, talks funny. Uh, Those are our three options to replace Owl. Well, I, wow, these are, these are, these are all three good options and very difficult. They're, they're three great this, options. This, this is a choice that's, that's very difficult. Um, on the one hand, if we wanted to accent the villain the villainy of Owl, we would probably go with Yago. Uh, if we wanted to make him more helpful, oh gosh, uh, we would probably go with Zazu or Von Drake. But I think we're going to... St- improve Al's character a little bit and go with Von Drake simply because uh, there is sort of a 70s connection there. And so that would be that would be more of a uh, more on brand, I think. Okay, and fantastic. We'll do the scene. And tomorrow we'll both be fired yes. uh, and we will never see. <laughs> Which is great uh, yeah. because we were never hired in the first place. <laughs> How did we get in the studio? Why did they let us on the lot? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, that's the game. That's the game. Yay. And now we go Yay, to the casting okay. director. <laughs> so what movie are we tackling next week, Larry? I think next week we are, we are tackling the Apple Dumpling Gang Rides Again. Um, I think I think that's what we've decided. Okay, okay, I'm looking forward to that one. I never I, seen it. Never I, seen it. I probably did, but it's probably been 40 years, and so I'll be pleasantly surprised at whatever I see. So fair enough. Fair if enough. if you like what you're hearing, friends, will you do us a favor and share this podcast with another Disney or classic movie fan? 
And if you write a review, we'd be so pleased. You can check us out on our new website at onceuponadisneypodcast.com. You can check out our Facebook page or drop us a line in our mailbag at onceuponadisneypodcast at gmail.com. So until next time, friends, see you real soon. Tiddly pom. Thank you.